This is Good Cover Wrestling. Welcome to another edition of GKW. I'm Gabe Nitzel from ESPN Milwaukee. With me, as always, from ESPN West Palm, Brian Rowitz. And make sure you get those ones up. Is with us from ESPN 1000 in Chicago. It is Jonathan Hood. Uh, where we start tonight, though, is it's 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 a sad story that uh, I'm, I'm sure if you're a wrestling fan, you've been aware of for the last couple of days. But the tragic passing of uh, Ring of Honor star Jay Briscoe as uh, he he passed away in a car accident. Um, where apparently uh, somebody driving in the opposite lane for unknown reasons at this point swerved into his lane head-on collision. Uh, he died, as did the driver of that other vehicle vehicle. His uh, daughters were in the vehicle, but had their seatbelts on with him. But uh, wrestling world mourning the, the passing of Jay Briscoe, who uh, just when we, we did our matches of the year as part of our year in review show and our award show, you know, I think all three of us had different uh, matches that the Briscoes had against FTR and the ROH pay-per-views that they had. Um, they do have, um, it, it's also been circulating. It's on the bottom of the screen. If you happen to be watching to this, on social media, uh, you can follow that link um, if you want to donate to the family uh, as as they deal with this. And, and so many different wrestlers reaching out and, and showing their love for um, the Pew family and, and just kind of the dad that he was. I think that's one of my favorite clips that's been circulating of him that was going on during um, the pandemic where he was doing a cheer routine because he wanted to help his daughter learn that. Just kind of a heartwarming moment and, and just kind of give you a look of, of the type of family man that he was. But w- when you guys take a look at it, uh, how do you think you'll, you'll remember Jay Briscoe? Well, um, it's sad because he and his brother did not make it to a huge TV audience with North American fans. Um, so Jay had the ability to be a raging heel or a stone cold Steve Austin like babyface, and we saw both in his career, right? So we'll always remember him as one of the best tag team wrestlers, but also as a single, as a two time Ring of Honor heavyweight champion. Um, people were behind him, and um. You know, we have to tell the entire story of Jay Briscoe, you know, with him being part of the AEW family, loosely being part of the ROH Tag Team Championships. I mean, even Warner Media did not allow uh, a full tribute to Jay Briscoe because of mistakes that he's made on social media. It was 10 years ago, but it did happen. Some things that he said that were homophobic slurs. Um, so that's something that's part of the history. But what I will look at and always look fondly at as just a guy that seemed that came across real and raw, right? I mean, the promos that you'd see was in the backyard in Sandy Fork, uh, Delaware, where he's on the farm and he's with his brother and he's just letting loose. And that promo, just like anything else in wrestling, when you have a promo, bro, it's as you well know, if it's real, people will start to believe and people will come out to see what's going on with your company uh, and your match. So that's all I always remember this, how authentic the Briscoes were and definitely with Jay Briscoe. And, and to your point about the Memorial show, Warner obviously would not allow that last night. They did tape something after dynamite. That's going to air for free on YouTube and honor club. No word yet on when that actually will air, but they did film an hour tribute show last night. So it's not a Tony Khan thing. I know people like to jump on him and blame him for things, but I think this was out of his hands last night. He would have loved to make it a tribute show to do his part, to show his love for Jay Briscoe, but it was more the network saying, no, nah, you can't really do that. But in terms of remembering him and you see it a lot on social, it's just talking about how real and genuine he is. And 
I had the privilege of meeting them one time. It was at Supercard of Honor. It was at the Garden. I was covering it. And they had the media sessions. And, you know, people can turn it on and you talk to them. And it's like, hey, they're meeting with the media. They're not going to be assholes in that situation. They were awesome. Literally later that day, I bump into Jay and Mark just walking back to the arena, like outside Madison Square Garden. And I sat there and chatted with those two for 10 minutes just talking Raiders football. And, you know, just whether or not Derek Carr was the guy, this was years ago, but that's still a Raider debate. And I was like, wow, these guys are legit. These guys are real. And, you know, what they come off as, and we hear the family stuff. And I've heard a lot of people say it's sad to see so many people you care for be so sad this week. So you see the wrestling community, and there's just so many wrestlers that even though they didn't get that big stage, they impacted a lot of dudes and girls that are on that big stage now. And seeing all them impacted this week has been pretty depressing. I feel like I came into the Briscoe game a little late. I didn't pay a ton of attention to ROH until the Young Bucks and Cody, and, right. and they kind of got more involved in that. And then they had the big show, the first, you know, all in, you know, that that re- the, the show that sold out in Chicago. And I went there, and the Briscoes, they weren't even on the main card. They were on the pre-show. They, they wrestled um, SCU and the opening match, you know, so of course that just kind of gives you an idea of, of how much of a banger that card was at all in, in, in Chicago a number of years ago. But when you start seeing people like you said, Brian, that just that you makes sense that they would have had contact with like Kevin Owens, like Sami Zayn and, and some of the guys that have been in ROH over the years because they've been such a staple. They're 13-time tag champs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a two-time, as, as Jay Hood mentioned, two-time singles champ, a world champion in ROH. And because they were there for so long and so many current-day wrestlers went through Ring of Honor, they touched so many people and wrestled with so many people. And you're seeing the stories and, and just outpouring of support. That, again, that's what makes it so sad of, of them never fully getting that full TV deal. Like, they... Jay Briscoe may have gotten more run this week with him with his picture that, that that they had, you know, in memory before last night's AEW show. I know on NXT after you know this all happened on Tuesday night, like Vic Joseph was, you know, he was mentioned like on on, on NXT's broadcast because these guys, these this especially Jay had such a far reach across the the. Right. And real quick on that, also with the NXT note, congrats or not congrats, like. Kudos to them for the quick change. They were about to do a funeral segment. Like yes. New Day was going to come out there and do a funeral segment about Pretty Deadly and their title chances. They called that audible and said, well, we're not doing that. So shout out to them for being respectful. And like you said, Gabe, recognizing his impact on the entire wrestling world. Guys, I'd like to um, mention a Twitter follow. Uh, Big Boys Play WCW. That was WCW's theme back in the day. That was their slogan. It's Big Boy. Big Boys Play WCW from Chad Campbell. The reason why I bring this up is because he I've never seen a thread like this. He has the compilation of the top 25 matches of the Briscoes and they're just clips. But you can go through the history of the Briscoes. Uh, Obviously, final battle, as we've talked about so much, their matchup against FTR. But I do recall, guys, um, in the early days of Ring of Honor going to Chicago Ridge with a thousand other fans and on an indie show and watching the Briscoes and they've never had a bad match. I mean, it was always violent. Uh, it was always physical, but I used to watch them paid good money to see them. But this is why this affects people like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. Uh, Owens and Zayn took on the Briscoes a lot in a battle. Uh, CM Punk wrestled them. Um, you know, Seth Rollins wrestled them. And I would see all of those st- stars or, t- you know, the guys that are going to be stars 
on the indie circuit taking on the Briscoes. And it's just there's a there it's so sad because I think that when we saw the Briscoes, especially against FTR, we thought, okay, it's the best against the best. And the Briscoes got over. And with them being part of ROH, who knows what that would have led them. Maybe at some point they would have had their WWE run. I don't know. But you could just tell how special Jay Briscoe was because of what we just talked about. The WWE didn't have to do anything for Jay Briscoe. And they, didn't do anything. they didn't have to have a, a, a you know a tribute to him. He never wrestled there. But it just shows you how special that tag team was. And again, these guys, they would just wrestle in different indies. They'd wrestle in Japan. They didn't get that big platform, but everyone knows how good they really were. And, and you mentioned that thread. We retweeted it at GKW underscore wrestling. It's 50 matches against different opponents. Yes, so you go true. through and just see the amount of different people they worked with and wrestled against. And you hear a lot when someone passes away that, you know, it sucks that they don't get their flowers until they pass away. I will say, Gabe, you mentioned it when we talked about match of the year just a few weeks ago, we all mentioned Briscoe's FTR, just a different one. So I will say I'm happy about the fact that 2022, they were able to get their flowers in terms of that tr trilogy and talking about that match. And obviously the Ring of Honor diehards and people that follow indie wrestling knew who they were. But I do feel like they reached a different audience this year with those FTR matches. And I'm glad they got to experience that and sort of get their flowers in that regard. Yeah, even though they weren't allowed on AEW television, they were able to still build those matches yeah. in the anticipation because, again, tip of the cap to how good FTR is, you know, but they were able to build that, um, you know, the double dog collar match and, and the things that they did. So uh, they did get a little bit more exposure. Again, it's, it, it just becomes a little bit more sad because you wonder, had this not happened and, and if ROH continued to build its own brand, if eventually... Warner would have, you know, kind of softened and allowed them on AEW television at some point, which unfortunately now we will never know that for Jay. Maybe it still happens for Mark. Just it was those two are just so special. Can I just tell you, after watching them on the indies and then watching them in Ring of Honor, they didn't wrestle a TV match. I've never seen them like in a quote unquote TV match. Look at the camera, guys. You only have four minutes. Four minutes. They're just getting in the ring warming up. There was no like four-minute squash mat. They didn't do that. No, they put on a show, but it came across as violent, mm -hmm. ultra-violent, mm -hmm. uh, bleeding, physical, um, and you knew what you were getting. If you were an opponent of theirs, and, and we see this retrospective from so many that wrestled them, like Seth Rollins, um, who was Tyler Black at the time, and CM Punk, and Samoa Joel, and um, Amazing Red, all these guys, you were in for a battle because that's what wrestling used to be, and they still were bringing that in 2022. And it's just, I feel for um, the Briscoes, Mark in particular, and their family for this devastating loss. It's a hole today in professional wrestling without Jay Briscoe, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they were fans. And I think we talk about a lot on the show. Like, you can tell when someone wants to be there. You can tell when they're putting their passion into it because they're wrestling fans. And KO's, you know, post on Twitter, he said the first time he met him, they were going out there, him and Sammy were working them. They had never met. He says, hey, what do you want to do? I'm like, Well, let's just go F and kill it out there. Like, there was no ifs, ands, or buts about it. And Kale's like, all right, yeah, let's do that. And that's what they did. And just his impact and just seeing all that stuff. Uh, we look at the comments here. Andrew Schumann says, Jay was ROH's undertaker. And I think that's an awesome comparison. He was in their first ever match. And then yeah. going up to this new ROH, he was a star, like being in that. So he saw so many different guys. He saw so many different versions of Ring of Honor. But he was out there just busting his tail and representing that company. Yeah, just go out of your way if you have a chance, wrestling fans, uh, to check out 
uh, the Briscoes, especially Jay. There was a match where the brothers fought Jay versus Mark, mm -hmm. and it was as physical as you'll ever find. It was like, I guess it's set up by the dad. The dad mm -hmm. is also tough. You think yeah, Jay and Mark are tough. The dad is crazy, right? <laughs> Your dad. And it's like, you guys are always fighting one another. You guys are bickering back and forth. Why don't you just fight? Like, okay, we'll fight. And think about a Briscoe versus a Briscoe and what they do. And they fought each other. You know, the, the, the old uh, infinite wisdom of wrestling is, oh, family doesn't fight. Brothers don't fight. No, they fought each other. They beat the hell out of each other. And they're brothers. So it's there's so much to look at uh, if you want to check out Jay and, and Mark Briscoe because uh, they were uh, one of a kind, that is for sure. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of places to find it. You mentioned YouTube. I saw Warrior Wrestling from your neck of the woods, uh, Jay Hood. They posted all of their Briscoe matches for free on their page. So it's the internet. It's 2023. You can find stuff. Go out there and find it. Watch any matches. I've seen a lot of people say, like, hey, which match should I watch? Like, any of them because they any, all were going to go out there and they're going to put it all out there. Just watch any Briscoe match this weekend. You start watching one, you're going to find yourself down the rabbit hole where you're right. watching, you know, right. you're, you're going to lose a lot of time and it's going to be time well spent. That's, that's for sure. If you start going down that rabbit hole and I know everybody's going to be and eagerly anticipating to see whenever that Jay Briscoe tribute show comes out uh, from ROH again, it, it'll be on honor club. He did clarify it also be available for free on two page somebody can check that out as well uh let's go yeah, ahead and uh, get into yeah. the yeah i was just looking at the is it uh give send go.com yes. backslash pew love to donate to the family yep and yeah. that is approved if, by the if, family if i believe it's a family friend uh yeah give send go.com slash pew love all that money goes to the family uh, so let's go ahead and dive into the other top stories in the world of wrestling brian we like to call the three counts what do we have at number one in the as the WWE world turns, continuing to get news this week coming out today that apparently last month Vince McMahon reached a multi million dollar settlement with former referee Rita Chatterton. We've also heard from both Nick Khan and Tony Khan on podcast. Tony Khan on the Maggie and Perloff show says, quote, I am interested in the news that there is potentially a sales process. And certainly I think we've shown when there are acquisitions and transactions, we're capable of making the big purchase. So a year from now, guys. Who's more likely to be running the WWE, Nick Khan or Tony Khan? Man, I I have no idea. Um, <laughs> it, it's wild. Like it's it's so wild right now. So I, I don't think it's going to be Tony Khan. Like I, I just have a hard time believing that Vince, who year after year after he purchased WCW, refused to let anyone else. Oh, I crushed my competition. And then you have Nick going on the Bill Simmons podcast talking about how AEW is not even competition for them. Yet if you sell WWE to Tony Khan or Tony, you know, or Tony Khan's dad or whoever in that family, I just don't see Vince who has to approve the sale. And by the way, can do it without stockholder approval. Now that's more drama that came out of this entire thing. I, I just don't see him actually selling it. So I guess I lean towards Nick Khan, but at the same time, like there are other rumors of other jobs outside of professional wrestling that Nick Khan could be taking as well. So I guess I lean more towards Nick than Tony, just because I have a hard, such a hard time believing that Vince would actually sell to the Khan family. So, uh, so Gabe, are you hinting that Nick Khan could be the next big 10 commissioner? <laughs> I mean, that was the, the rumor that was potentially out there and, and I could see it making sense for him. If, I guess it depends upon how long it takes for this, this sales process to go through. But I mean, could I see a scenario in which Nick Khan sets up, has the sale, 
and then ends up going to the Big Ten this fall? Yeah, I definitely see that being a, a situation. I don't think that Vince McMahon wants to see what he did to WCW. I've got WCW in the palm of my hands. I now own my competition. Could you imagine Tony Khan doing that on his a split screen with USA and Turner? So we go all the way back to history, right? And now it's Tony Khan said, I, I want a competition. It's so great. Like, I, I, I don't, you don't think, think Tony would be humble in that situation. <laughs> he makes a cup of coffee nervous. I don't Wait, think is he, his, he can't keep his, his hands together that, that long. Is his dad showing up to Raw? Turn, oh, there's a con on the contract, but it's not Tony Khan. <laughs> the consortium. Woo! Woo! The consortium. They're the cons. And there's Sean Khan twisting his mustache, uh-huh. the evil mustache. That's what he'd be doing. As oh, he's got a great mustache. He does. Yeah. That'd be fantastic. Guys, That's uh, it's not going to be them. I'm sure they can pick who they want to own the company if if there's going to be a sale. If there's going to be a sale, uh, it won't be them. I'm sure right. that they've come to him and say, hey, you know, this. Uh, the cons have put together a nice package. He's not going to sell it to them. I'm not going to sell my competition, pal. Them, that wouldn't work. Uh-uh. I, I would say it's going to be Nick Khan, and I think that Gabe is right. Let's, let's see how soon this quote-unquote sale is going to happen. Let's take a look. Uh, if there is going to be a sale, it would not be surprising to see Nick Khan leave um, mm-hmm. because that's a mess, as we well know. And we've got to touch on the Chatterton piece, too. It's something that we've been following on GKW. Mm-hmm. So so um, Vince paid off Rita Chatterton, huh? He said he didn't want to deal with legal costs. He's not admitting guilt. That's what the lawyer said. They just didn't want to deal with legal costs. He's uh-huh. a scumbag. Yep. <laughs> Simple. He's a yep. scumbag. We've covered this story. She she says that uh, she was raped, uh, sexually assaulted by Vince. Um, and uh, he says he don't want to deal with legal fees. He's got more money than God. I mean, here's Vince McMahon, the guy that fought uh, against the steroid trial. He fought and won against the federal government. All this stuff he used to be he used to fight these things. Now all of a sudden he's just paying people off for hush money. That's what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. a scumbag and in charge of WWE again. So congratulations. I, and I I have a hard time believing. I, I and it still comes back to this. Like I still always have a hard time believing Vince would actually sell the company. Like at the end, I still see this as potentially a power play to get himself back in power. However. With the point that you just made there, Jay Hood, like why would he? Why would he settle this? He has fought. He has fought most things coming his way. He he has handed out a couple of payouts, but to me, if he's if 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 he just decided to do the payoff there and, and make that lawsuit go away, mm-hmm. one of the reasons you do that is to kind of clear all the decks in order for you to sell the company and then still be able to have some sort of leverage when you sell the company to say, but I'm still in charge, right? And if a company were to purchase it and be like, no, of course not. Look at, you've got this sexual assault allegation. You've got this sexual assault allegation. You have this one that's still waiting to go to court. But if he were to clear the debt, if he just pays all those to go away in his mind, he still thinks, okay, I didn't admit guilt. Those things didn't actually happen. I paid them to go away. Now I can still be in charge. Even if I sell the company. I think that's the big thing. I do think a sale is going to happen. If you listen to Nick Khan with Bill Simmons, it's some pretty good stuff. They have a good relationship. Simmons does call him out when he sort of ducks some questions. But one of the interesting parts is we talk a lot about the media rights deal, which expires like mid-2024. 
the sale of the company is going to happen first because that's going to be a positive nugget for whoever buys it. So basically they say, hey, the company's yours. You get to work out a new media deal and all the profits that come of that. So I think that's why we might see a sale in the next few months and then they can work out the new media rights deal. So I do think that's going to happen. I think Vince is never going to go away. Nick Khan sort of alluded to that. Like everyone around the premises in WWE world they weren't surprised by what happened over the last few weeks. They knew Vince was going to be coming back. They knew it was this sort of, hey, we'll go away for a few months and just sort of stay quiet. But this past month or so, these past couple of weeks, none of it's surprising anyone that actually works around Vince. Uh, no, nor, nor should it be. Like, I, I don't think it was surprising to any of us, right? right? Like, we always thought that Vince could come back. I mean, Nick kind of flat out said, he's like, oh, anyone that knows Vince, you really think a, a tweet saying, like, you know, my time is now or whatever he said, like, that was going to do it. And it's like... Well, yes, a lot of people did sort of think that because he was saying he was retiring, but they were dismissive of that. Yeah, um, so I heard the clip from Nick Khan on Bill Simmons' podcast and what he said about Tony Khan. He thinks that Tony Khan is a nice kid, nice kid, um, which is uh, very dismissive for uh -huh. a young, an actual man saying that he's a, a nice kid. So he's just brushing him off and is very impressed by the dad shot Khan because of his background, owning the Jacksonville Jaguars, all this, and um, I think the key quote in there, tell me if I'm wrong, bro, it's something like you can operate a wrestling company at a loss. That's easy to do. Yes. So, so you know, Bill Simmons. And he kinda... did clarify saying he's like, oh, I haven't seen their books, but he did throw that out there sort of nonchalantly. And that is the headline that everyone's going to grab. He knows. He knows. Yes. They're operating at a loss. A absolutely. They are. And the reason why is because. Yes, they're on every Wednesday night and they have these pay-per-views, but they don't have any house shows to supplement some of that income. They have a, a huge roster uh, of dormant wrestlers. Uh, some wrestle on the, on the dark elevation and all that, and some very rarely on their Friday and uh, Wednesday shows. So I, that's a shot at him. He's aware of some of the finances. You're not in WWE and not be aware, Gabe, of exactly what's happening financially with AEW. Well, it, it's just like anything else, right? Like if you've been in that business long enough, you kind of get an idea of what, like he knows what operating costs are. You know, he knows how much it costs to rent out arenas and how much you're paying wrestlers. And like when you've been in the business for long enough and, and Nick Khan, like he's been in there for, he hasn't been alive there long enough that he understands what things cost, how much you're paying for whatever, how much money's coming in. Like you can make a, a very educated guess on, what's happening over at the other place, even if you haven't seen their books. Like it's, it, I, I don't think it's that tough, you know, whatever business you're in, you know, like you could probably look at a competitor and go, yeah, I think I could probably ballpark what, what's going yeah. on over there. Like you, you have an idea and that's what's going on with Nick Khan. Even if he qualifies it with, I haven't seen their books, like you can make an educated guess and you just did. And the other thing with that podcast, pretty adamant about Vince isn't running creative. It's triple H and this and that, which I feel like anyone that says that, like, it's going to be dismissed and, you know, we can all sort of make our own, you know, assumptions about how things are going to go in terms of Vince and creative. He, uh, Vince is already making suggestions about creative. We've read this, right, all the way up to the show. We've already read that he's – because that's all he knows. That's I, I said this last week, and it's true. That's all he knows is trying right. to be able to try to have – try to book big events – and work on creative so people could come see his big events. He's never there in the chair flying across the country trying to make TV deals. He's not doing that. He just wants to copter in afterwards. Someone else makes the deal like Nick Khan or whoever is in the front office, and then he comes in late. That's what a boss does, and that's what Vince does. 
Which, by the way, when Nick Khan was originally hired, there were thoughts that, oh, he's hired right. because he is going to be the one to lead any sort of sale of the company. Like that was the initial thought process when Nick Khan was hired. What was that? Two, three years ago at this point, like, yeah. this is the guy that is going to eventually lead the charge of selling the company. Yeah. Cause yeah, Vince is, that's, that is all Vince knows, you know, like Vince knows getting up at, you know, four 30 in the morning, getting a pump in and then working on creative for his projects in WWE. Those are the, the two things that Vince knows how to do. You, you, you meant a workout, right? Is that your, you're talking about the workout? <laughs> what thirty in the morning? The workout? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. what he's doing at four thirty in the morning? What, what else he's doing at four thirty in the morning? Well, well, you mentioned uh, I didn't know what pump you were referring to. So. Oh, <laughs> I didn't know what you meant. So I just, just want to make sure we clarify here what he does here. That, you know what I was wondering. I mean, also, he won the steroid trial, man. Like yeah. he, he's clearly not on the roids. <laughs> right, that's why. <laughs> Raise his hand. I won the steroid trial. I win. No, you no. Hogan lied for you on the stand. That's why you won the steroid trial. Um, you know, I, I put this out on, on social. I think a few days ago. I just want to ask you guys. So, as we talk about this, and I think it's fascinating because you know we're watching wrestling every week, and we're just trying to figure out like who's going to run this WWE company stephanie's out vince is back in what happens to triple h do you think the average fan cares who's in the front office do you think the average fan that goes to raw that family of four that goes around smackdown or those that travels these big events do they care that vince is back do you think that affects the business because some say that the uh that if fans know that vince is back after all this controversy they say that they're going to lose some fans. And I don't, I don't know the percentage of that. How much of an impact is that with I, him coming back? I don't honestly, when you start talking about the average fan, I don't think it's that high. Yep. I, I completely agree. Like, I think remember when AEW started, they talked about like the lapsed fan, the fan that, you know, sort of tuned out that wasn't really in wrestling anymore. And, you know, they're getting their 800 to 900,000 every week. I don't think it's that many that turn off WWE offenses back, but I think it's maybe a couple hundred thousand. But you mentioned that family of four. Like, if the Usos are still saying, we're the ones, and Roman's saying, acknowledge me, and Braun's doing his choo-choo, like, they're happy. They don't care who's doing it. Like, they're happy with that. So I don't think they even notice the difference. Yeah, I don't, I don't think it's that big of a difference. It's it's just like any other, you know, it, it's one of those things that's easy to say. But, you know, th think of all the other sports teams that have hired, you know, controversial figures on their teams. Yeah, a couple people within the fan base are going to be upset. But ultimately, they care about the product that's out there. And if the product is out there, they're going to find a way to consume it. Now, if the product is bad because Vince is in charge of, of creative, that to me has more of an effect because if the product is bad with all the options we have in today's world, people are going to turn off Monday Night Raw and Friday Night SmackDown. Like That has more of an effect to me than anything else is how good is the product. I think that the WWE is just like uh, being a fan of a sports team. Right, yeah, you, plant your, you plant your flag in this, and I'm a WWE fan, and and I'm with the team, and just like uh, the wrestling, year after year, sometimes it's good, and sometimes it's the shits, but yet you say I'm still a WWE fan, right? And so it's, I guess we can relate this to say, um, Daniel Snyder, the owner of the Washington Commanders. You know, there is a ton mm -hmm. of controversy around them, but you can't tell Washington football fan like, yeah, I'm not going because Daniel Snyder is the owner. If they're a Washington football fan, they're going to continue to go or support the team no matter what's happening with ownership. So because it's really about the, the players on the field or in this case, the wrestlers in the ring.
Yeah, and I think I mean, to- but yeah, I mean, there there is a part of that fan base that probably is turned off by Daniel Snyder and and has sworn off the Commanders until he actually sells the team. But it's it's a small portion of the fan yeah. base, right? And that's like to that point to compare it to football. Like in your guys' backyards, like what percentage of fans showing up to watch the Packers and Bears on Sunday can tell you the GM's name, and or is it just like, oh, I wish the team you know would sign this guy and just throw out those hypotheticals? They care if the team's winning or losing. That's it. Is the team entertaining? Are they going out there doing it? They're not going to tell you like, oh, no, I think they should do this with the third round pick. Like, hey, they know Aaron Rodgers. They know Justin Fields. That's the extent of it. And I think it's the same thing with the bulk of the WWE fan base. Man, I can't even avoid Aaron Rodgers talk on a wrestling <laughs> podcast. Like, that's, that's how much this Aaron Rodgers stuff is out of control. Like, he's even just seeping into GKW. Just can't escape it. I don't know if he's coming back, Brian. I was just going for the cheap know. pop. Shout out to ESPN Milwaukee, Madison, <laughs> Chicago. That's all I was looking for. You don't get hot. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, man. Let's get to number two. I hope it's not Aaron Rodgers. It is not Aaron Rodgers, but Monday night on Raw, the rumors were confirmed. WWE announcing that Cody Rhodes will be making his return at the Royal Rumble next weekend. So let's play a little fill in the blank. The WWE announced the return of Cody before the Rumble because blank. <sighs> I... I... He's, this he's is, an attraction, pal. That's why. <laughs> he's yeah, an attraction, but, comma, pal. Period. <laughs> this is the dumbest decision that Triple H has made as head of creative, right? Nope. Like, I, no, I, it's not. No? No? No, no it's not. How? No. You, you want to know the answer? The, yeah. the dumbest thing he's done in creative, and it hasn't been many, is putting the North America Championship on Solo Sokoa only to take it off of him. <laughs> He can blame that on Sean, though. That's it. But yeah. You got to sign off on it, though. Like that—that that didn't make sense to me. Yeah, that—that that, doesn't. But this makes zero sense to me. Okay, so okay, so he's an attraction. How do you not let somebody who wrestled a match with a torn bleeping peck? We saw how purple it was. You have him go over. How the hell do you announce his big return? Via vignette. Like, how do you not... So you've been doing these vignettes. Fine. They build up to... How do you not let Cody come back and do an in-ring promo? We just saw on AEW how effective that in-ring promo for somebody coming back from an injury can be with Adam Cole. We just saw that eight days ago and how cre- how good that can be. And then the vignette. Like, we got kind of, you know, the walking vignette, backstage promo, whatever, from Adam Cole last night. But... the. Like, how do you not let him get that pop? How do you not let him feel that ovation? Like I think most WWE fans, or, or maybe just it's it's more the insiders like like us, had already done the math. Like the second he got hurt, everyone went, oh, eight months. Ooh, that kind of lines up with the I wonder if he's gonna be a surprise entrant in the rumble. Like I I don't the rumble is known for having these big surprises, and they usually have multiple surprises throughout the course of the evening. How this isn't a big surprise, or at the very least, an in-person promo heading into on Monday Night Raw is beyond me. Like, it just, and maybe because the the, the crowd mics were down or whatever, but having the vignette, it, it just went over as well as a fart in church. Like, this should have been a big pop, a big proud moment for one of the few guys who has the opportunity to beat Roman Reigns. One of the few guys that we've talked about on this show is on the very short list of one of the take at least one of the belts off a of Roman. And this is the way you decide to announce his big return. That's bullshit. I mean, 
I'll throw it out there. You mentioned him being an attraction, Jay Hood. Is there a chance they're worried he's not? Like you announced it beforehand because you worry about that pop not being, you know, that edge level pop when he does come out for the Rumble. You know what, you guys? This is why I'm on the show, to provide context, to provide history. Okay, so what I'm I'm holding up for you right now is Triple, I don't know if you said, Triple H when he got injured, right? Mm-hmm. When they played the yep. YouTube It's a Beautiful Day and they had the video up there. It's a beautiful day, and it's Triple H in the hospital bed. Having had to go to Dr. James Andrews, right? They had a video to talk about his comeback and how difficult it was. He got injured in that tag team match, if you remember. Mm-hmm. He got injured, mm-hmm. and then there it was, the YouTube, It's a Beautiful Day. And they were like, oh, here's Triple H. There it was, Triple H. What a guy. He was making his comeback. Same thing with Cody Rhodes. They did that to build to let you know that Triple H was coming back after that devastating injury that he had. It's the same thing as with Cody Rhodes. I have no problem with this. I got no problem with this. And the reason why is because you have to be able to say, okay, Cody Rhodes is making his return. And if he's going to make this, it's a story. He makes his comeback. Who knows if he wins one of these championships? Like, like, And, and the other thing, too, is Sure, but why not do it in person, yeah. Jay Hood? Well, like, well, you have yeah, have three hours of raw to fill. Give the man ten minutes. Well, yeah, that's I'm an a- easy swerve promo. It's like, oh, like rehab's been so hard, but I'm gonna be in the rumble. Like, like again, and again, I don't have any problem with the vignettes because the vignettes have shown the tough road back, and and that's great. But to then have the payoff be still a vignette is a terrible. I decision. have no problem with this unless. They have someone bigger that's coming back. And I don't know who that is, but it does. It, it may not make sense on the surface. I like the idea that they've kept us up to date on his, on how he's feeling, the whole thing. And now that he's going to return, people look forward to it. It's like the, it's like the Jericho c- countdown clock. When will he be here? 30 days, 50 days, you know, 15 days, t- five days. That's uh, fine. But I'm wondering, is there someone, a bigger surprise coming to the rumble? That's the hope. It can only be one person. Sasha Banks. Is that is that what they're doing? Is that what they're doing? They're clearing they're clearing the deck, so there's only one surprise entrant. Maybe at number thirty. But if that's the case, they're setting themselves up for failure. Like if that's the case, if we're not getting the Cody surprise, and now we're all going to jump to the conclusion that it's going to be Dwayne, it's going to be The Rock, and then thirty hits, and it's Elias. Like you're setting yourself up for this. Like why would you do that? I would love to see Elias. Don't, don't make it Elias. Make it Ezekiel. Okay. I don't want Elias that to get booed good. like that. His brother Ezekiel it, is that. the one who should. <laughs> oh, man. If they do a three faces of yeah. Billy thing with Zeke, that would be hilarious. Oh, my God. The number 30 Elias. Holy cow. <laughs> I, but I, that's what. But the video package to me reminds me of that time with Triple H with that YouTube, vid, that YouTube video of, hey, I've, I've had this devastating injury. Here's all the behind-the-scenes stuff. I'm coming back. It's two guys that can take the title off of Roman now, based on what I've seen over the last month. It's that buildup of Cody Rhodes and then, like, this super-duper Kevin Owens like we've never seen before. Oh, my God. I mean, he's Austin now. He's he's going he's going right through the bloodline. Like, how's this? Kevin Owens? And it, they're trying to make the audience believe. But with Cody Rhodes, I have no problem with this unless he's going to be winning the championship and they're building it up towards something. That's what I think. This this makes me believe less in Cody. 
I'm with I'm with I'm with Rowitz. I think that you you only do this because you were scared that he wasn't going to get the pop you thought he that 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 you thought he was going to get. How is Cody? But how is Cody Rhodes not going to get a pop if he's like, hey, I'm back and I'm in the Rumble? Like, just to, I I just can't get past not doing this in person. Like in in when you've got five hours of wrestling to cover each and every week, and we complain every week about how there's not enough good stuff on Monday Night Raw. Like you can cherry pick good stuff, but it's like he would have gotten a huge ovation if he announced that in person. Right. Like to do it all over a vignette is, I, I I didn't think about it the way that Rowitz pushed it, but now that's all I can think about is that they don't actually believe in this guy. Well, I, I think that we're going to see the Undertaker at number thirty at the Rumble. So why? <laughs> like, <laughs> but that's the thing. Like, I feel like they're getting more and more away from the surprises. Like, I used to love when they would announce, you know, eight dudes that are in the Rumble, and you're counting like, well, they've done this one, they've done that one. Now they announce like 27, 28 of them, and then when you get those randoms, you're like, oh, that's it? Like, I, I don't get why they take away from it. And, like, that's what this feels like. You're cutting the legs out. Even if we assume Cody was going to be in the Rumble, you don't need to tell us. We assumed he was going to be at Mania. They didn't tell us that beforehand, and that got a reaction. Like, I just don't get it. I think it's a build to a championship. I think that's why they're doing it. And it, but you that's might what be, winning the rumble does. Well, well, I think you might be right that maybe you I think you plant the seed to say, hey, by the way, Cody Rhodes still with the company, and you just keep putting him out there just so people remember. Hey, sure. don't forget he's part of the, the champ, you know, he's still part of the company. Um, I don't know. I, I here's what you, you know what I'm thinking. Like, I think it's gonna be a bigger surprise, but we're getting fewer and fewer guys that you could say, Oh my god, I can't believe that he's here. Right. Think about it. Like Undertaker's retired. It's not Ric Flair. It's not anything like that, right? For the Cena. love of God, it better not be Ric Flair. Cena. If it's Ric, oh God, he said oh, he's no. not it's done. Jeff Jarrett, isn't it? Oh, it's Jeff Jarrett. Oh God, ah, he's going to infiltrate even more of my television. God bless America. <laughs> he's coming out with that stupid ass guitar. Oh God, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett. Wait a minute. <laughs> he can't do that. Well, I can't uh, tell you he can't do it. He was in five companies last yeah. year. So. I mean, yeah, like, he was. I, you mentioned Flair. Flair comes in as three and does, does an hour and a half. I mean, with a tear in his eye. <laughs> what a tear in my eye. He just did a lot of resting in the corner during that hour and a half. <laughs> just, just Henning and just there's Heenan, down in his chair. Like, that's the most legit I've ever seen. Like, Heenan and, and Henning happy for What a tear in my eye. <laughs> Woo! An hour in the ring. Sitting in the corner. The comments also throwing in. Uh, we got Ted Zawalski. I saw Santino sound with impacts. So sadly, he's not in the mix for surprise at 30. That's accurate. And uh, entertained 445. Goes with Tatanka, who will not be on Monday uh, Raw, as his son is competing for a Florida State Championship in wrestling. I don't understand the need for Tatanka. When I, I read that, I was like, am I missing Tatanka? Have I thought about Tatanka since 94? I haven't. I have not. I mean, no. I mean, just another wrestler that should have got over that did not. And I, I'm just like, what's the need for Tatanka? Honestly, guys. I saw him wrestle Marty Jannetty at a rodeo once. Oh that. my god! Did Jannetty get this? Of course did you did. Like, brother? like, of course you did. <laughs> in a rodeo. Did Jannetty get over, brother? No, brother. not really. <laughs> Jeez. I just, you know. So I look. I, I I'm thinking. Because we keep asking all the time on the show, who's going to get the title off of Roman? And it does seem crazy. You know, all these contenders that Roman's taking on, and Cody comes in there strong. And again, it's the factor of Triple H. Triple H, you good with Cody? This AEW guy coming over winning your strap? 
you good with that? Is Vince good with that? Vince is good with it. Is Triple H yeah. good yeah. with it? Yeah. Clearly, Vince is good with it. To, to me, I, I got more questions about Triple H for not allowing him to have. So think about, I mean, I guess I think about, and because I do love the Rumble the way I do, like I think about Cena when Cena came back early. Like it was, it's one of the biggest pops that I can think of in rest in 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 the Rumble recent history. Mm-hmm. Like when he comes back at Madison Square Garden because everybody thinks he's out, and all of a sudden you hear that Cena music hits, and those doors swing open, the place is up for grabs. Yes, like yes. you know, and I mean Edge a couple of years ago. Like, yeah, no, the moment, guys. Nobody makes you feel like that anymore. No. Nobody makes you feel like, and they're trying, they are trying to push Owens to the moon for you to believe that you win the championship. And it looks, it looks as believable as McIntyre at Clash of the Castle, the way that they're pushing Owens. But mm-hmm. we, we don't believe it because no one in all the crowds they go to, it never seems like the whole WWE universe, all the crowd believes in Owens, that Owens could finally do it. It's just too many guys for him to go through. It's yeah, just but the whole thing. To that point, if Owens wins the belt, Next week, like that's a moment. Sure. Yeah, but he's. But it's a big F. <laughs> well, he's not going to win, right? Like, and, and I keep seeing the rumors that they want to split it. They want to split it. They want to split it. Clearly, they haven't figured it out. <laughs> but, but if you'll notice what they're doing on Raw and SmackDown, they are setting up separate Raw tag team title matches and SmackDown tag team matches. So clearly, they're already working on a plan to separate those. It's not like they're saying oh, this is just going to be for the WWE Championship or the Universal Championship for Kevin Owens. It's still the undisputed WWE Universal Heavyweight Championship that that's going to be a match for. And KO's not taking both off at the Rumble. Like, I could maybe believe that KO maybe, with the help of Sammy, takes off one of those. But that that ain't happening at the Rumble. They got to figure out how they're splitting those for WrestleMania, and it ain't going to be happening next Saturday. Yeah, what a, what a great point that you make about the tag team championships because the Judgment Day specifically said we want those red tag team championships. You didn't say all of it. We just want the red ones. Oh, and since you're pushing Judgment Day to the moon, now guess what? That's believable, even mm-hmm. though like you know they win the championships. It still feels like it's cobbled together. The Usos are straight up tag team, right? That's a tag team. The the, the Street Profits real tag team. You're gonna cobble together the Judgment Day, okay? You, you, they went through the gauntlet of tag teams they had there. Now I believe that they can take off those red tag team championships. I believe it. I believe. And they I appreciate can. them dumbing it down for the audience. Like instead of calling them the Raw Belts, those the red ones. We're going for the red ones. <laughs> you want the red ones? Right. Yes. Right. Brian, you're hosting the show. You don't need to from your burner account put things in the comment section. Like you don't need to do that. You can just vocalize. <laughs> Your points, you don't I have didn't to say anything. Know. Shout out to Double J in the chat, James. Double J, yeah. Now, this this type of idea would come from a Double J. Have Sami Zayn win the title. Give us what we really want, is what Double J says. Really good well, point from James. Really good point. Well, I mean, but again, how do you do that? So it's so it's so funny because we watch SmackDown and Sami Zayn's this close to beating Kevin Owens, and here comes the Bloodline. It, it is amazing television every week. That we're getting closer and closer to Sami Zayn having to team with Kevin Owens and go and and turn babyface. I just don't, you know. But again, how does Sami get to Roman? That's even more and more weeks of TV to even get there. Well, they've so, got I three mean, months. 
But I mean, you talk about Sammy and KO, like that was always the path we envisioned. It's Sammy and KO beating the Usos for the tag titles. Does that feel like a letdown for those two? As much as those two, Sammy and KO, have been built up the last month or so, it feels like a mid a mid card moment where it's like, all right, like they could have been done so much more. God, Sammy's Sammy's gonna win the titles, isn't he? Like it's gonna be like the crowd's gonna get behind it, just like they got behind Brian, and they're gonna do something and pull a it's crazy be magical, <laughs> magical. Haluba. So all the stuff that Roman's dealt with, Haluva kick gets it done. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably have to do it like twice, but yes, two haluva kicks. One haluva kick, not enough. You need two of them. Two haluva kicks get the job done. People love Sammy, man. Listen, mm -hmm. I, even though Gabe, you and I have resisted it, we have. But Sammy is the number is if not number one, definitely in top three of baby faces in that company. He is yes. Mm -hmm. But again, yeah, I can't deny it. Brock Lesnar, Sammy Zayn. Yeah, I, I, I drew McIntyre, Sammy Zayn. Again, really? I, I mean, Goldberg, are you ready to book Brock and Roman again? Stop. No, I'm just telling you. Like, I'm talking about how Roman was able to go through those opponents, but Sami Zayn gets it done. Really? And I, I know it wasn't a year apart for Brian, but he got beaten what eight seconds, and then what was it? Two years later, you know, he's holding up both belts. Sammy got a bowling ball to the balls last year. <laughs> From Jackass, all right? Like, that's what this guy did at WrestleMania last year. And if he goes from that, like, that's like the biggest WrestleMania turnaround in history, isn't it? To go from taking the pin from Johnny Knoxville to beating the Tribal Chief. Like, if that's what they go with, it would be... That's the biggest turnaround in Mania history. Yeah. yeah. Well, that, that's the reward. Like, hey, hey, pal, you got to put him over. Okay, cool. But you will take care of you on the other end. They're, they're doing more for Sammy than they did for Jericho losing to um, Fandango. Yeah. Hey, pal. I mean, Jericho's like, you want me to win, lose to him? <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, we're going to push him, pal. It's going to be great. And, and Jericho really never got the rub that he really wanted at uh -huh. after that. Oh, God. There is <laughs> there is no other podcast that pushes Fandango and the memory of him, that character like GKW. I promise you that. Nobody keeps that memory alive of that character than GKW. We bring it up more than anybody else. Yeah. I guarantee. We might need to chat with Dirty Dango now, I believe is his name. We might need to chat with him one week. Uh, Curtis? Yeah, uh, He'll be glad to. I got his number here. Let me call him. Oh, okay, good. <laughs> of course you do. Of course you do. <laughs> What do he's we under, got? He's under Dango, by the way. Dango. Uh, okay. Okay. Well, okay, you can't get in trouble for that. What do we got next, Brian? In the uh, AEW World Derby Allen last night, another oh. TNT Open Challenge, knocking off Kushida in the main event. So let's do some fantasy booking. Who should take the TNT title from Darby Allen? I, I guess I'm still on Wardlow. I, I, I still, Where I'm still he? stuck up. I, I, I don't know. I'm still he's hung up on the fact. That you, you cut his hair, the undisputed king of television cut his hair, you're building that angle, and then you decide to undercut yourself by taking away the thing. Like, Wardlow doesn't give a rip about the, the ROH TV title. He wants that TNT title back. Like, that's what he wants, and you're building towards that, and then you undercut it so you could do an open challenge, which you were already kind of doing with your All-Atlantic title and Orange Cassidy. So now we have two open titles, and so we open and close the show. Like, I don't understand what they're doing with the TNT title. It finally seemed like it had a direction, and now it's just kind of being defended all willy-nilly. And 
the matches have been fun. Like Darby flying around doing stuff. They've had good opponents for him. The story, again, the matches are great. But with AEW all the time. Once we get to the, the action in the ring, it's fantastic. It's trying to make sense of why we're seeing the action in the ring. Kushida, huh? What? What the hell of a match? He just came out of nowhere, though. That's why yeah. God made, that's why God made Rampage. <laughs> Come on. Fresno's like, oh God. Like it's it's not saying the match is bad. I just think the placement was odd for that to be the main event. That could that's a good opener, or yeah. that's a bit of in a rampage. It just so, so I always think when you have these matches, where do you go next week? I think we all, all three of us do that, right? It's like mm-hmm. we yep. watch a match, and it's like who, it doesn't matter. Who, I mean, it matters who wins and loses. Apparently, in that company, I always just wonder what happens. Is Kushida there? Like he had a good match. Hey, what happened to Kushida? Where's he go? Right. Where'd he go? Like it's yeah. That that's my only concern with that. Um. So to me, a guy that they just keep pushing out there is Ethan Page. Why can't Ethan Page win? Like, like, but he's giving you bangers, though. He's giving you quality. When he's out there, he's giving you quality matches. And and he is a heel and does not care what you think. Mm-hmm. And I think that Ethan Page deserves the opportunity. Or that's you keep giving Hobbs all this TV time. When is Hobbs going to be able to win this championship? Now, by the way, with Hobbs, let me just tell you, I, I like Hobbs. Hey, hey, man, you don't need a prop. You don't. You don't need a book. Is it your actual? Is it your memoir for real, or is it just something that you picked up from the library? The book of Hobbs. You don't need a book to show me how tough you are. I see you on TV. I see how you're tough. <laughs> There's no book of Hobbs. You don't need like some book that you found. Like he's a guy. Also, I think uh, could be able to beat Darby Allen. I'm not trying to take the title, by the way, off of Darby Allen. I'm just saying that Ethan Page, Hobbs in particular, and uh, the mysterious Miro should also have an opportunity. <laughs> Like Miro came to my mind. Miro ended the first reign for Darby, but he's one that also we never see on TV. So you don't know if you can build that up. I do think the one benefit of these open challenges is I feel like it's going to build up to when he eventually loses, which at this point I assume won't be on a pay-per-view, but it'll be on a free random Wednesday night. It's going to be a moment. So if we're just going heels, I think so. Like Like if it's just, if it's just a random, like to me moments, are they they've paid something off for you as a wrestling fan for paying attention and like if it's just a random open challenge on a wednesday night that's not paying anything off for me well i think you pay off the like hey you never know what's going to happen on a wednesday like there's going to be these challenges he can drop the title anytime like it's the little things like i've always said i think we should see a match end in picture in picture because i fast forward through it so you got to drive home like hey anything can happen like it's not just rest holds so uh, like okay. that's sort of the payoff. We saw but the young again, bucks. We saw the young bucks lose last night. That was a moment like, whoa, yeah. whoa, it's, they lost. Yeah, so. and that was and that was great. But no, you cannot end something in picture in picture. That is something. Again, let's go ahead and talk about all the things I do. I do a golf show on ESPN Milwaukee. That's something golf does. All right, like golf does stupid crap like that where they, they, they just you to like keep watching. That's your fault. Yeah, just fast forward. Oh, you know, you, oh, let's go to picture in picture as. Uh, you know, Rory McIlroy is about to win this tournament. He's walking down the 18th. If he gets up and down for birdie and th- like, they don't set it up. It's like if you're in the middle of a two minute warning, Joe Burrow's driving down. Ah, he's at the 50 yard line. We don't need to pay attention to this. Let's wait until he gets to no, no like, no, no, the picture and picture stuff. What are we doing, Brian? Come on. 
Hey, it's your fault if you don't listen. Excalibur says, stay tuned. You don't want to miss the action. Like, you got to stay tuned. But other names besides Miro, what about Swerve? Like, they seem to sort of be pushing him, but, like, I feel like that could do him good. And another one, it wouldn't be a heel, but Takesha. Like, an entertaining promo last night, a great match last week. Like, maybe this is just sort of his bump of, like, all right, you got a strap. Let's see what you can do with it now. Bro, it's just between you and I. Gabe's a little stressed. A little bit. He's, he's been working a lot. I can tell. Yeah. The high school basketball, the ESPN radio, the morning show on ESPN Milwaukee, yeah. the golf show, the wrestling show. He's a little bit high strung. He's coming in here. He's hot taking like Stephen yeah. A. Hot taking Rihanna versus Beyonce. <laughs> oh, shit. I mean, he, he's a little heated today. I think. I think you're a little overworked. I'll be honest. Also, like, uh, I'm good. No, no, I'm good. No, Gabe, Gabe, this is the chill spot. The wrestling show. This is supposed to be where you put your feet up and laugh and you know scratch your belly. This is what this this is what this show is. Well, I He's think the other thing you have to consider time. is they're messing with his rumble. Like we're talking about Tatanka's surprise number thirty. Like okay, that so might be pushing that, his buttons a little bit as well. It's, it's, it's like, I think I, I think I think Brian hit the nail on the head because last year's rumble was so bad. So bad. And I was actually like having hope of having some fun and this was going to be good. Now Vince came back. They've already ruined the Cody surprise. Who knows who ends up going in? Like, yeah, I'm a little stressed about the rumble and and coming up in nine days. Yeah. It's a little stressful. I'm a little worried. It's not going to be good. <laughs> I understand. I just, I just want you to know that this is the fun spot and you're a little, I, I know that this is more than WrestleMania, more than revolution. Uh, this is, this is, this is, this is, this is, I know this is big for you, pal. It's big, bigger than Russell Kingdom for you, the Royal Rumble. I understand that, but just understand with Vince over the shoulder of, uh, Triple H, it might not be exactly what you want. I mean, it's, yeah. it's the Fandango payoff. You I'm talking about, he never oh. got that payoff. Here it is. Fandango 2023 Rumble winner. This could be Mill uh-huh. Masters coming out. I mean, I'm, I'm just telling you. It's like, I, I don't know what they're doing. I'm just uh-huh. telling you. Just be careful. It just dawned on me who's going to win the TNT title Ooh. from Darby. It's, it's going to be Double J. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, God. Don't do that. Don't do that. Even though he's got heat, brother. He's got heat. Uh-huh. <laughs> he comes down those dark stairs in Fresno with that big. And by the way, how WWE was that first segment? We'd oh, be very, doing... very sports entertaining. Yes. Like what? I said, what show did I turn on? Right. <laughs> just all this nonsense and just stuff around the ring. I'm like, can I turn on Raw? Uh-huh. What is this? Like, boy, I tell you what, they took care of the, the sports entertainment audience with that first segment. I didn't expect any of that. Very odd. Got best Double friends down there drinking beers and what? Yeah. What seems more realistic, Miro, who we haven't seen in television, God knows how long, or Jeff Jarrett, who unfortunately uh, we celebrated too early last week on GKW, yep. or I celebrated prematurely. I'll blame myself for this one, <laughs> celebrating too prematurely because all it took was less or twenty four hours later he's on Rampage. Last night he's back, opening up the show getting a prime spot on television. That's on me. I celebrated prematurely that I wasn't going to see Jeff Jarrett on my television and Tony Khan decided to rub my face in it. All right. Uh That's on me. I apologize to everybody for having to deal with that. And now you're going to see him as a singles champion in AEW. That's not happening. Stop it. There's no one on TV more than him in that company. I feel like at this point, no, he's on more than MJF. 
Yes. They're going to give it to Satnam Singh first before they give it to Trent. <laughs> in his big Pepto Bismol suit he was wearing yeah. yesterday. <laughs> no, a lot going on there. Jeez, what a circus that is. I just I want I wanted to get it off my television. I'm like, okay, let's move on to the next thing. That was just a whole bunch. I mean, how do you keep the pencil, by the way, behind your, your ear it that long impressive. without it falling out? Right? I mean, it's it is impressive. I the other thing I didn't understand. So if they interfered with the match, then he would have been fired. Mm-hmm. But yes. after but after the match is over. Like you're no longer interfering with the match. And yet he was still trying to make sure that nobody hit Orange Cassidy because he thought he was going to get fired. Like the match is over. Like we don't have to keep up. Like don't, don't this is the time you as the heels now put the boots to him because the match is over. You can't get fired. Like the, right. the, the logic just doesn't doesn't even make sense. That's why that was sports entertainment in that first segment. I'm glad we the rest of it was pro wrestling, but that first one, it's like yeah, that's not what Fresno got to the arena at 434. <laughs> And, and again, I'm on record of really enjoying this Orange Cassidy run that he's been on as the All Atlantic Champion. Yep. But last night, last night could have been better. Like we've we've seen those two in the ring, and they even showed some clips before the match of these two going head to head. You know, I, I don't know what it was four or five yeah, months ago, lot, whenever yeah. it was. But these two, we know, can put on a good. You didn't need the rest of it. Crazy. I don't know how we got into that, but I, I'm glad we had a conversation. <laughs> I brought up Jeff Jarrett. He's my favorite. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's all started with Jeff Jarrett, and it just went downhill for that first match on Dynamite in front of. Do you have an attendance, by the way, for Fresno? It was very dark in there. Do you have it was an pretty loud, though. Yeah. Well, it's AEW fans. I you, listen. You know, we always have to put this into context. It's Wednesday night, okay? And, and so the idea that you get someone out of their home on Wednesday night it works well in the NBA for the most part. But the idea that you're going to get out, but ah, it's Wednesday night, you know, school night, work night. Yeah, let's have some fun. Usually, I mean, Friday night, Monday night, but Wednesday is still tough to still to be able to draw any crowd live. It's pretty impressive, and I know a boisterous crowd. Mm-hmm. What do we got in the news notes, Brian? All right, uh, on Access TV, New Japan last Thursday, which apparently airs Thursday nights after Impact, ten o'clock Eastern. They aired the Kenny versus. Osprey match from Wrestle Kingdom drew 81,000 viewers. It is the first time that New Japan has exceeded Impact in total viewers and the 18 to 49 demo on the same night. Impact, which airs at 8 p.m. on Access. Jay Hood, you have a response for your favorite wrestling company. Boy, that's the drizzling shits. (laughs) (laughs) Holy cow. Did you say 81,000? Was the New Japan number? Yes. What was? And you said it super, and it and it superseded the Impact number. Uh huh. Yeah. What was? What was the Impact number? Seventy-eight. That's that was the go home for the pay per view, right? Yes, it was. Yep. Uh That's Lambeau Field. Oh my! Lambeau Field's about seventy-eight (laughs) thousand. My God, that company! It is that that company is grandma, that's in hospice and just won't die. That's what and she she just she's still there. She's still, I mean, for months, for years, she's just sitting there. Not to hotel for her. She won't go. That's Impact Wrestling. I will say to defend Impact as someone that watched Hard to Kill this past weekend. Oh, that's right. Not a terrible show. I'm not gonna be watching tonight, but not a terrible impact show on Fight TV. So they have that going for them. Well, let's have a review here, pal. We're an hour what in. Was, what was the best match you saw on Hard to Kill? 
Uh, so Bully Ray's a great heel. That was a lot of fun. Jonathan Gresham, when he's not pouting, very good in the ring. Him versus Eddie Edwards, really good match. <laughs> You're terrible to say that. <laughs> he wasn't losing to Claudio that night. It wasn't, <laughs> it, it wasn't the boo-boo face. That's one of the best calls I've ever had on this show. He had no robe, no flag. I go, guys, he's going to lose the championship. He's got boo-boo face. It's a Scott Hallism, by the way, boo-boo face. That's his, that was his uh, phrase. Those were really good. Mickey James, Jordan Grace, the main event. I enjoyed that one. Some of the negatives, you know, I like the TV production aspect. I've talked about NWA having their announcers in the dark. One of the Impact 2 shots involves some random fan's head. The back of his head was blocking the announcers. So you got to sort of move out of the way there. You know, the camera guy, give him a shove or something. Oh you can't allow God. that. And uh, Santino Morella, <laughs> now a part of Impact as their director of authority. Big moment there. Did he? Did he hit anybody with the Cobra? He did not, but he played up all the stereotypes and, you know, messed up words and same character, same name. Not sure how he owns that one. How was the, so the, the match structure for this, Mickey James is in the main event against, mm -hmm. against, Jordan against uh, just Jordan Grace. How was that? What's that on the, uh, the bro scale? One to five. I thought it was a good match. It was solid. Like those two can go atmosphere wise. Like it felt like a COVID show. Um, I know it was a sellout, and they were very happy about said sellout, but not exactly blowing the roof off a of center stage in Atlanta. <laughs> oh man, yeah. that's not that's not good. You yeah. said like 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 the COVID would be like nobody there, no one saying anything. Oh, I, I said what I said. Uh huh. Holy cow! <laughs> he stands by it. Jeez. So what you're saying there was there was a larger pop. When Matt Hardy showed up in AEW during the COVID era, yeah, with nobody at Daly's place, yep, than there and the were drone, the yep, hundred yeah. percent. Okay, all right. Or, or Jeff Hardy drunk against Sting, who could not compete. That kind of atmosphere, right? The all uh -huh. that kind of atmosphere. Oh boy. Well, yeah. I, I was surprised at the match placement of the main of uh, the heavyweight championship. Because I thought my prediction was that Mickey James would retire. I'm like, what else do you have to prove? Right. Now she's a champion. Problem with Impact Wrestling, and there's and we don't have enough time to go through all of it, but <laughs> but the but these ECW like retro acts, you are pushing young talent. I think that's cool. But at the same time, like nothing against Mickey James, but this is Jordan Grace's time. Right. And it's it's Kira Hogan and that that era of women's wrestling. That's what should be going on there. But you know, because of how it's run, it's like, oh, let's put some faces on here from ECW that didn't necessarily have a national stage all the time. Well, that's why, like, that world title match, like, Bully Ray, Bubba Dudley, whatever you want to call him, he's, I think, one of the top heels in pro wrestling. Like, he's still, you know, is going at it with the fans and stuff and going after Josh Alexander's wife. That would have been an awesome way to end the show. Like, Mickey still gets that moment, but to push your young talent, to let Josh Alexander get that win and, you know, figure out a way to beat the the mischievous heel, like that would have been a good way to showcase your guys, but that opened the show. So it's easily forgotten. Devon Dudley left the WWE. Do you see that note? Yeah, that was out there today. Uh, so he left the company. And I think what happened was Vince said, Devon, goddamn pal, where's Bubba? Uh, he doesn't work here. He doesn't? What are you doing here? Fire. <laughs> <laughs> so I can see that. That's how that worked. Yeah. Uh, also, another note impacts any Frankie Kazarian showed up on Saturday. He is signed with Impact, announced at Hard to Kill. He did give up the final two years of his AEW deal. Mm. I mean, he wasn't really getting much, really, ever since SCU broke up. I mean, he kind of did a thing where he was trying to be an elite, what yes. was the elite hunter, hunter where he was 
Yeah, he was trying to, and it, that kind of fell flat on his face. So he wasn't really being used, and I, I can't blame him for giving something else to try. Mm. It's the equivalent of me leaving Good Karma and working for a classical music station. It's <laughs> fair. It's very fair. He's not love- wrong. Hey man, hey man, hey! Where's the lie? Lie! Hello, Bobfish, where are you, pal? Good God Almighty! Hey, hey, guys, listen. It's like anything else in our business, right? In entertainment, if the check's clear, you know, go for it. I mean, if you feel like, hey, light schedule, I got to be here twice a month. You know, a slew of TV tapings. They don't go on the road. Uh, you know, if, if he's getting paid. Go ahead and do it. I just, I guess in AEW, you can get lost in the sauce or you can be an agent, and that's not such yeah. a bad thing. That, that company still needs help in the back, according to what I'm told. Um, so go for it. If, they, if the checks declare with impact, work there. Sure. But but with that quickly, yes, they need help, but only if Tony's willing to accept the help. Because in an interview um, that, um, that William Regal gave, he kind of hinted at the fact that he thought he was going to have a backstage role that never really materialized. And that ended up kind of being an issue. You know, he ended up being more of an on-screen talent. He didn't want to be an on-screen talent. He wanted to be more about the BCC and those guys. And just kind of, he ended up being obviously a big part of the storyline. He's the reason that MJF is champ right now. And he thought he'd have more of a back role, uh, a behind the scenes role that never materialized. Um, so Tony's got to want the help. Mm-hmm. He's got to accept the help in order to get help from guys like him, like uh, Frankie Kazarian. I'm going to try not to betray a trust here. I'm going to try. So I'll say it this way. Um, it's good for the talent to come up to the agents and ask for help. Because it, it's not like, you know, it, it's always leaks out on social media. Like, who is the agent for this match on Raw? Mm-hmm. Who is the agent for this match on SmackDown? I see it all the time. I don't think that AEW's structure is like that. It's not like we can look at a women's match and say, oh, that was produced by Arn Anderson or this match was produced by Dean Malenko. Like, I don't think it's quite like that. And you're right, Gabe. Um, the agents in the back, I'm sure, would like to do more for the company. Yeah, I think you've heard people say that in public, like on the record, saying like, hey, like, yeah, that, you know, either A, they don't listen or B, they're not really coming to us. So that is interesting. Uh, Fightful reporting, WWE will not continue to air indie wrestling on the network on Peacock. Quick trivia question, guys. Do you know what indie wrestling was airing on the WWE Network? Progress, right? Progress, yes. Uh, there, there were three evolve? companies, apparently. Evolve, nope. yes. Oh, wait. So they did that, but they didn't have their weekly stuff. Apparently, Progress, there was weekly stuff. There are three companies that were running weekly shows on the network. Okay, wow. so I got one. Progress. You got one. Is there something uh, overseas? Something both like, of the others are from overseas, just like Progress, yeah. So, so something from the UK? Yep. Not NXT UK. Or it's, but no, they it got rid was. of that. Okay. So something from, like, I would say, like, Britain. Something like that, right? So it is ICW from the UK, and then they also were airing WXW from Germany. Germany. Okay. Got it. Mm. I think uh, Gunther Good was there. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> I think he was there for that as well. So why did they do that? Why would they do, take the, the Indian? That's a Triple H idea, I'm sure. I mean, my guess is the fact they're stopping means no one's watching, which you hear a lot of even like some of the old stuff. Like people aren't watching the old, old stuff on the network and they're getting rid of some of those things as well. It's not hurting. Uh, 
I can't fight it. I can't. <laughs> it. I'm not can't fight City Hall. What are you gonna do? Yeah, I can't. Like I, 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 I like to go back to refer to that stuff, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And also, if you don't promote what you have, then you get what you get. So correct. Like so. I love watching random wrestling. I had no idea that was there. I, I so. picked it up on Daily Motion. I didn't even know it was on WWE Network. There you go. <laughs> and finally, Raw 30 Monday night from Philly Legends already announced for the show include the Nature Boy Ric Flair, Kurt Angle, Shawn Michaels, Ron Simmons, The Road Dog, X Pac, Teddy Long, Jerry Lawler, The Bellas, and The Undertaker. That's it. That's what they've announced so far. Okay. Do we get so if you're gonna build to me if you're gonna build anything for the Rumble and or Mania, they're doing the whole you know all the you know part of the Samoan Dynasty show up to you know acknowledge the tribal chief. Does Dwayne show up? Uh, yes, uh, a video. Okay. Yes, a video. Yes. Because I think you, again, like even if you, let's say you wanted to do something at Mania with him, like you could start planting the seeds, even if he can't be at the Rumble in, you know, the following Saturday. I think you can start planting seeds. If if Dwayne can't do Rumble and Mania, you can figure out a way to, I think, to kind of start planting seeds with him not deciding not to acknowledge the Tribal Chief. Here's the bigger question. Vince come out Monday? Yes. Yep. Oh my God. <laughs> I paid off Rita Chatterton. I'm back. <laughs> like, I mean, it's the 30th anniversary of his baby. Like, I, I, right? It'd be more shocking if he didn't. Right. Because that's not Vince coming out. That's Mr. McMahon. That's totally different. Shane that's not true. there? How about Shane? No, I think Shane, Shane shamed the family enough with last year's Royal Rumble that he's, he ain't coming back. Stephanie? Shane can announce his uh, entry into the Rumble on Monday. Uh, <laughs> I, know. I swear to God, I won't show up next Thursday if that happens. <laughs> Stephanie? she be out there? She gonna roll uh, Stephanie I'm going to say no. I think she's kind of separating herself from the company. And she has the bad wheel, too. I forgot. She just had surgery. Yeah. yeah. So she can't go. Okay. So, you know, 30 years of, of, of Raw, and this is the list they came up with. I know it's three hours, but that's all you and got. And a lot of these people we see all the time. Like, I feel like Angle's on TV every other month. We just saw all the DX guys. Yeah, I was about to say, we literally just did the DX thing. We literally right. just did Kurt Angle. Right. Twice. Remember, he did the Raw and the SmackDown thing. Mark Henry roll out there. I'm like, I'm just going through. Mark Henry like, can't. Mark Henry. Yeah, he works somewhere else. <laughs> it's time out. for the main event. Yep. And that's about it for Mark, by the way. Huh? That's about it. And it and Ron Simmons gets to say damn. So you'll have that. Yeah, That's you'll have him backstage saying damn. Uh-huh. I was going to say something, but it's ridiculous. So I'm just going to let it go. I was going to say, please don't be corny, but that's who all they are. Oh, that's all you can do at this point with these guys. Don't be corny, but it's going to be corny. And and someone's going to get beat down. Some of the legends are going to beat down like uh, Shush, that guy. They'll beat him Oh, down. yeah, 100%. Yes. Like they did yeah, the last Chad anniversary Gables. show. Like they yeah. did to FPR, they embarrassed them. That like it was DX that embarrassed the uh, the revival at that time. Mm-hmm. So it'll be something stupid like that. Yep. All right, we've reached that point in the show. What was your favorite match of the past week? 
I think AEW gave us a lot of options. And I think even on Rampage, like I love the women's uh, street fight. Ruby was bloody out there. Like that was a fun match. And it's weird, but I think the women's division is turning a corner in AEW. So I'll say this about that women's match because it was fun and it was brutal and it was bloody. They have to be thanking whatever God they pray to that John Moxley is on break right now because <laughs> Moxie's that much blood. Who knows what he would have wanted to try to pull off uh-huh. Wednesday night on, Ram- on on Dynamite. You know what? It's a topic we should talk about just very briefly because I know you guys saw it like I saw it. There's a lot of people outraged about the blood on for Ruby Soho. Mm-hmm. Outraged. Outraged by it, saying that she bled too much. Specifically okay. one of the old white men we just mentioned that will be pairing Monday night in uh, the, the Nature Boy. Oh, Nature Boy. Oh, was he pissed about it too? Yep. He I, said I saw, women shouldn't bleed like that. I saw a lot of outrage. And I will just tell you that, okay, I didn't have a problem with it. You know what I had a problem with? I had a problem with um, Nightingale with that power bomb. Yes, that yeah. was that. Don't do Dusty Rose used to tell his wrestlers all the time when he was booking. Don't do shit that you don't know how to do. Don't do it if you're not going to hit that power bomb perfectly because you could have hurt her, right? Yes. That's that, yep. that was a that could have been really bad. You can't miss that. First of all, they want to be the Dudleys, so because so, that's what yeah, like, that's what they had. Right? They had the Dudley pants on. They did yeah. the Willow get the table. That you can't. Willow cannot do that spot unless you're going to hit it properly. And by the way, I didn't need that spot to enjoy the match. Mm-hmm. You didn't have to do that. I just, I was disappointed in that spot. But, but, but here's the thing that we learned about um, their opponents, man, when they come out, there's chaos, right? Anna J that, that when Anna J comes out there uh, with Sammy Guevara's wife, there's always chaos. The time mellow. There's always chaos, which I like, by the way, because something weird's going to happen. Did you need thumbtacks? Uh, probably not. Probably not. But I like the idea that there's when they're out there, there's some violence. Because that's different from the women's division. Mm-hmm. And I'm okay with different. It's different. Because they're so beautiful, you don't expect them to turn and go crazy. Those but two. That's, and again, that's what made that stand out, right? I, I, yeah. I, I have a hard time criticizing the blood. I'm, I'm with you about that powerbomb. Like, I was uncomfortable. Like, and then they replayed it. Like they went right. back and showed it again. Like, why did you do that? You didn't need to do that. Like, please don't do that again. I don't need you to miss see the it. table and hit the floor. And that's yep. if I'm in the back, I'm like, you don't get the chance. You're you're a bigger woman. You could have hurt her. Yeah, that's and, a bad spot right there. And I think it was Taz called it out when it happened. Like, oh, she missed the table, so it ended up being on the floor. So like, they clearly saw it. But if if I if we're gonna sit here and I I. I enjoy John Moxley. I make no qualms about that. And he bleeds every other week. I can't be critical when the women do it. Like I just want, I, I, I did not have a problem with that because we've seen a lot of those types of crimson masks from a lot of other, even other than Mox, we've seen a lot of guys do it in AEW. Yeah. And I think they deserve credit just for this was a women's angle that did not involve Brit. We saw the Soraya heel turn last night, Ruby and Willow as a tag team. I think it's a lot of fun. Like, it feels like the women's division is taking a step forward. And I give them credit for that. But like the match I enjoyed more, Brian versus Bandito last night. Like I want more Bandito on my TV. Like I know we've mentioned him a lot. We rip him a lot in terms of Jeff Jarrett. Tony Khan, every time you want to put Jarrett on TV, give me Bandito instead. And I will be okay with that. Like he can go. And the way the crowd was behind him, this Brian thing's a lot of fun. Brian Cage next week, it'll probably still be a good match. It probably won't be this level. 
but yeah, Brian it's, it's not going to be like the last two. No, <laughs> it's, it's like I was. It was a little that disappointing stuff. that that was what they went to was Brian right. Cage. But hey, I mean, core strength, Brian Danielson. Good job. Uh, his veggie is definitely paying off, and it showed last night. Uh, so I agree in terms of Danielson Bandito. That was fantastic. Um, I also in uh, Friday night on SmackDown, I did enjoy um, KO versus Sammy again. The end. You know, it, it was a little unsatisfying not to get the finish, but it made sense within the greater bloodline storyline. So that was certainly what I enjoyed. And the tag match last night with the Young Bucks and Top Flight. Like they've been pushing. It seems like they've wanted to push Top Flight for a while. And then you have an injury, whatever gets sidelined. So for them to get that win over the Young Bucks might hopefully jumpstart them and, and get them rolling once again. Yeah, um, I agree with both of you as far as match of the week. Um, Danielson and ben, it's so funny. If you notice very closely, the Takeshita match and the Bandito match, uh, Danielson is getting booed. Yeah. Uh, does, uh, does the crowd, do they know that he has to win these matches to get to MJF? Because they're rooting against him. Are, are you in I think like he's going to accidentally book himself to lose one of these matches, and they're going to have to figure out a way to still get to a, a revolution. <laughs> does the crowd understand? Like, you know Danielson has to win to get this match, right? But because, but because Bandito and Takeshita work so hard, they're just yeah. like, man, it, it switch this up. Let those guys win. But I think that that was a good, fantastic match. It's Bandito's. So I can't be surprised. You know what I also like, guys? This will surprise you. I like the opener for SmackDown. I think Gunther mm-hmm. against Strowman was good. For Strowman to yeah. lose clean? Yeah. Clean? Like, oh, man. Like, because I know the company loves Strowman, babyface, the choo-choo, all that stuff. But I thought there was a really good physical match between two big guys, and they keep pushing Gunter, which is great, and making the IC title matter. I mean, the, you knew he was going to lose, though, because it was in Green Bay. They really were pushing. I mean, again, the, the, the boots were awesome. I, I wish I'd have seen this before last Thursday's show. We could talk about it. But here in, in Milwaukee, we had a Christmas Day parade tragedy in, in 2021. And um, Jackson Sparks was a young kid who died in that tragedy. And he loved professional wrestling. And Braun Strowman was his favorite wrestler. And Braun um, has ties to the state of Wisconsin. Shout out to Dodge County. Uh, Houstonsford, Wisconsin is where he's got some some property. His his parents and his grandparents had some land around Hartford. And and this is all a little bit of an hour north of Milwaukee. So because he had so many ties to the state of Wisconsin, he grew up like a Packers fan and a Brewers fan. His name Braun comes from Ryan Braun, the former Milwaukee Brewer. Like that's where that idea came from. But then because it's WWE and you can never win in your hometown, like they were building this up like this was Braun Strowman's hometown. So clearly he wasn't going to win the match. I liked it. It was, it was physical. It was, it was good. It was fun. Yeah. I like. I really liked that match. So, but oh, oh, to finish to put the bow on. So that's what the um, the boots. He had special Packer boots that he worked on with the Green Bay Packers that then were auctioned off to benefit uh, victims of of that tragedy that happened in Waukesha, just outside of Milwaukee. Yeah. So those are. Yeah, we covered them. Those are the best matches that we saw uh, for sure. And you know, next week we're gonna have plenty of things to talk about. We're gonna have the Royal Rumble to preview. Hopefully. Hopefully stupid stuff doesn't happen on Raw 30, and I continue to get excited about this, but the excitement keeps on getting wrung out of me for the Royal Rumble, even though it's my favorite thing of all time. Um, you know, hopefully uh, hopefully we have some fun stuff on SmackDown, but I, you guys may have to carry me. I may be just like – I may go full Harry Doyle next week. Who knows, guys? Like if I show up with the Jack Daniels, like you guys may have to carry me. Yeah, Christ, I can't me. find it. The hell with it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> 
Exactly. <laughs> but again, I'm sure we'll have more Vince McMahon news. AEW continues to roll on. So uh, we'll have plenty of things to talk about next week on GKW.